Thanks. Yeah, of course. All right. In Let me three, tell you a tale. Two. Come sit, grab an ale. A motherfucking yellow D and the D is for the generatic energy I generate. Don't know where tights say bite like it bites. Hello. And welcome to the Yellow Jacket Pulp, a weekly podcast of recovery through writing. I'm Yellow D, your reformed degenerate host. What does the D stand for? Today, the D stands for Dacryops. The dictionary definition of Dacryops has two parts. One, an excess of tears in the eye. And two, a swelling of the lacrimal duct caused by excess fluid. For today's purposes, we will be dealing with the first part of the definition. Here is Dacryops used in a sentence. If you looked at Dom's eyes right now, they'd be experiencing Dacryops. Finding these interesting and obscure words has really been a joy. I've had a love of vocabulary ever since high school. My English teacher assigned us to do journals and vocab every day. I hate journaling, so I never did it until about 15 minutes before 10 of them were due. Instead, I'd spend that time doing page after page of vocab. I thought I had a pretty good vocabulary, but researching these obscure words has truly been humbling. I thought I was pretty good besides jargon and scientific words, as those are a language all to themselves. Instead, there are so many words that aren't jargon that just describe something insanely specific, such as the word dab chick. I had to look up some of the words in the definition just to understand. It means a small grebe. Turns out grebe, spelled G-R-E-B-E, is a diving water bird with a long neck, lobed toes, and almost no tail typically having bright breeding plumage used in mating displays. It's funny, when trying to incorporate what I call SAT words into the works of prose and poetry, there's a fine line between sounding smart and sounding like you dropped 20 bucks on a penguin dictionary of curious and interesting words. Yes, that is a thing. Yes, you will sound like a total douchebag if you try to incorporate words from it in casual conversation. Changing gears, I feel like I should address the current crisis. Coronavirus looks like it could be here for a while, and looks like we could be stuck in place for some time. I decided that we are going to forego in-person interviews for the time being. There are people living in my house who have more to fear from the virus. It would be uncaring of me to bring in other people with no way of vetting them for the virus. We have been discussing what to do if one of us comes down with it, as if one of us comes down with it, there's a very high likelihood we all will. So instead of interviews, I will be writing an extra story per week. Today our extra story will be called Life's an Ocean. This one focuses on recovery from addiction quite heavily. I hope that you get something out of it. This week's Dom story gets real. This is going to be a good one. However, it may not be good for sensitive listeners, as there's an unbelievable amount of talk of suicide. I'll put timestamps in the description so you can skip it. Also, the Thursday of the week that this is released, Harley Bird and I will be hosting an open mic online for performers that have had their performances cancelled. It's called the Rubber Ducky Mic, and I'd love for you to attend virtually. Message me on my Instagram at yellow.d.jacket for more details. Finally, we will end this podcast with the Poetry Corner, and this week, it's a good one. Make sure you stay tuned for that. With that said, let's start the story.
Hello, I'm Chris, and I'm a marijuana addict. It's nice to be here at a meeting. It's been a while since I've been to one, but when your secretary asked me to speak, it was like divine intervention. I see some familiar faces and some unfamiliar. Both of those things make me happy. I'm happy that those of you I know have continued your sobriety. And while I'm not happy about the circumstances that brought you newcomers into this room, I'm incredibly happy that you found it and are getting help. When I got the call, it was like my higher power calling out one of my major deficiencies. For the past few years, there has been a complacency growing within me, like a tumor of the most malignant sort. I've been taking my sobriety for granted, as if I didn't struggle tooth and nail for it, as if I didn't change my entire life to attain it. I've been treating it as if it's always been there and always will be there, like it's some kind of inalienable right. Well, it's not. We all think our rock bottoms are behind us. Regardless of how long you've had it, sobriety is something that is tenuously held on to. My grip has been slipping without me knowing it. It's felt like I haven't had to work on it, and so I haven't. I haven't worked at it in ages. The only reason I haven't smoked is because fate has treated me kindly these last few years. It hasn't always treated me well, and I know it will treat me badly in the future. That's just how life is. See, the events of our lives are but floatsam and jetsam on a deep and unknowable sea. That sea is influenced by things outside of our control, like the sun. We are absolutely nothing in the face of these things. Sometimes, like now, it seems they conspire in our favor and beautiful days are produced. Sometimes, it seems they conspire against us to rain hell down upon us. This is why even on beautiful days, we need to stay vigilant. We must sharpen our skills and sight while we can to be able to survive the inclement weather that we know will come eventually. This is why I say with the heaviest of hearts that I have been negligent in my preparation. What can we do against the vagaries of fate? How can we stand tall in the midst of a Category 5 hurricane? Well, I'll tell you, there are many things we can do. We can remain in constant contact with the one who watches over us. Our higher powers that we met in Step 2 and gave our lives to in Step 3. They can guide our hands and plot us a course to more beautiful days than we can imagine. And they can see us through the storms to come. We all admitted that we were powerless over weed. If you need more convincing, then listen to this. We've talked over our metaphor of the sun and the ocean conspiring against us. When you give in, it's like you are holding a giant magnifying glass up to the sun. The lens concentrates the sun on you and heats up the water much faster. It makes more and more clouds, larger and larger storms, and magnifies every problem in your life. No job? Now you can't pass a drug test. No money? Of course not. You're spending it all on weed and food. Is your mental health poor? Well, now your medications are less effective. Cascading problems. A veritable tsunami of them will come at you, and your magnifying glass only makes things worse. Now you are unable to cope with even normal problems. Your life begins to grow unmanageable. Your vessel is taking on water, but you sold your pump for dope. You were sinking. I was sinking. But then I saw a light. There was another boat coming to help. That was M.A. Nobody paid them to save you. 
They are devoted to saving the marijuana addict who still suffers. They welcome you into their numbers and give you some hot coffee in a warm bed for the night. You feel safe with them, especially when you discover that many, if not all of them, came from the exact same place of desperation that you did. As time goes on, you ask to become a member in earnest, one who works the steps. You find a sponsor. They take you through the steps. Life is still hard at times, but you can manage it. The tsunami that crashed down on you before is much diminished, and you are stronger. Eventually, time moves on, and you sponsor someone yourself, passing down the accumulated wisdom of those who have come before you. Soon years have passed, storms have come and gone, but you are prepared. You are vigilant. You have spent years on this boat. It wasn't plan A. Hell, it wasn't even plan Z. You had no idea life would be like this, but you are happy with it. The happiness and the skills to navigate the storms ahead are what I wish for all of you. And when you do achieve it, do not rest on your laurels. Stay connected, stay sober, and stay working on it. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, and it sucks if you don't. This week's chapter of Dom and the Twelve Consequences is not for sensitive listeners. It deals with suicidal planning quite a bit. I'll put timestamps in the description so you can skip it. Viewer discretion is advised. Chapter 4 As a result of my choice to use, I got used to choosing the easy way out. When Dom got home, he looked up his tried-and-true suicide planner, easywayout.com, on it, it had a list of the most lethal ways to end your own life. There were many methods, such as self-immolation, jumping off a building, throwing yourself in front of a train, and many more. He liked the optics of lighting himself on fire in front of a specially chosen place, kind of like those Tibetan monks. The thing was that it was rated as the most painful way to die by the website, which kept careful lists about these kinds of things. The thing that was annoying was that the less suffering a method entailed, the less lethal it was likely to be. The only good ones were ones that were very hard to set up for someone in Dom's position. He was not going to carefully craft this. As many suicides are, this was a snap judgment. Something didn't go Dom's way, so he'd prefer to end everything as opposed to work through it. This was just another symptom of his severe allergy to hard work. At times like these, he had a tendency to look at the negatives in his life, while discounting the positives. If he had remembered his time in the hospital, he would have recognized that this was a cognitive distortion. However, it was going to take a stupid decision to start him on the path to realizing that once again. He perused the methods like someone shopping online. This one would take a long time and had a high failure rate, but it was painless. This one would be short, but unpleasant. Finally, he settled on jumping off a building. 
He remembered that his college had a tall building that was open to the public all day, every day. Without so much as leaving his family the courtesy of a note, he got in his car and sat for a second. It seemed like dying this way was going to cause so much pain. He felt weird about it. So he rolled a joint to smoke before jumping so he wouldn't feel as much. He was taking the easy road even in death. Dom drove the short distance to his school, which was empty as it was the weekend. He parked in the lot next to the math and science building and thought about what he was doing. He decided it was the right thing to do to tear those assholes down, the assholes being his close circle of loved ones. This was going to make them feel shitty every day for the rest of their miserable lives. He walked casually up the stairs with the joint behind his ear and a lighter in his pocket. He didn't see any security guards, though he knew some must be around. He stopped on the third floor, trying to judge if it was high enough or not. He decided that to be safe, he'd go up to the fourth floor, just to make sure he would die cleanly. This was not the kind of thing you wanted to fuck up. He made it up there and stood at the rail, which was currently separating him from his dearest wish. When he looked to the ground, he was shocked. Not because of how high it was, rather because there was grass beneath him. He would have to jump 10 feet horizontally before he could hit concrete. No matter, from this height, it shouldn't be a problem to cover that kind of distance. He pushed himself on the rail, swung his legs over one at a time, and sat on the outside of the rail. He pulled the joint out from behind his ear, putting it in between his lips for the last time, and carefully finagled the lighter out of his pocket. He sparked up the lighter and lit his joint. He realized this was going to be the last joint he ever smoked. Little did he know he was right. He enjoyed the feeling of his ultimate smoke sesh. He was happy it was a good strain. Sour Diesel had always been kind to him. He was enjoying looking at the earth for the last time as he smoked it down to the nub. As he exhaled his final puff, a voice rang out behind him. Hey, what's going on out there? School is closed. Dom turned sharply and saw that it was a security guard. A fraction of a second later, the guard was out of sight, while the ground grew larger and larger. Now we come to the poetry corner. I am presenting one of my most powerful poems. It's called Hate Rhymes. I wrote it in a writing workshop at the Oakland Mic in Oakland. Those guys are amazing poets, so I had to step up my game. I believe I did. Hate rhymes. Mummies under stucco, in burnt out buildings, steel twisted, bodies slain like St. Dominic with stones of granite, blood dripping like the sap of a wounded tree. This world is unhinged, unmoored, and uncaring. The pathologist's needle coming up with knot, sought after answers leave us seeking, reeking of failure. The only justice to be done for this martyr is finding the culprit. The desperate dullness of hundreds of hours of work down the gullet of fate. See, hate burned down this building. It brings in how it rings in in the fears of the hated, knowing the bloodlust is not sated. Fated to fear, knowing danger is near. Get your ass in gear to find them. Hate crimes are shitty rhymes. Echoes of the past lasting ad infinitum. Yet we did nothing to incite them. We were who we were born to be, yet we were judged so easily. 
The way we revive the dead is to revive their ideals instead. Feel their feels. Kneel at the grave and behave different and deferent, and be most reverent to our martyred revenants. We hold this truth to be self-evident, that all are created equal. Don't make me write a sequel. Thank you for sticking around. This podcast helps keep me sane during these troubled times. It's good to have a goal when life becomes listless. I don't have to do anything, so the tendency is to not do anything. Having a large project like this keeps me entertained, and more importantly, keeps me sharp. We may soon have some remote interviews coming as well. Remember to check out the Rubber Ducky mic, and please stay safe. I'll see you next week. Adios! I don't think that was how love was supposed to be. Day in and day out, not sure if you notice me. Nowadays, I don't let nobody close to me. Cause you, you took my best poetry. I don't think that was how love was supposed to be. Day in and day out, not sure if you notice me. Nowadays, I don't let nobody close to me. Cause you, you took my best poetry. And I call you a bitch if I thought it was true. That's a simple word. And honestly, you are far too complex for me to go and use anything less. Understand the abuse that I suffered at your hands. Goddamn, who the fuck you think you ought to go and take a man? Turn him into dust like you won't give a fuck. Honestly, I don't understand how we went from best friends. Same team, same jerseys, same league. And now I'm in the motherfucking nosebleeds. You ever sent a court and you swear you don't know me? But bitch, yeah, you do. And I said, Cause you made that shit true Nowadays you be basic as fuck And I can fuck with you I don't think that was how love was supposed to be Day in and day out Not sure if you notice me Nowadays I don't let nobody close to me Cause you, you took my best poetry I don't think that was how love was supposed to be Day in Day out, not sure if you notice me Nowadays, I don't let nobody close to me Cause you, you took my best poetry I wrote a song that's way more specific But to this day, I'm not sure how vivid I should get when I paint this picture Cause I'm scared that one day you might listen And a voice that's inside your head The one that whispers words filled with death We'll get more ammunition than he did it. Your father left and you, your siblings were left in your own. With a crazy ass mother who still isn't grown. Keep playing a good mess, you'll end up alone. Just like a daughter hen, just so you know that ain't what I want for you. No way, I want you to go back to therapy today. I'm bad to burn you carry, cause without the weight, I truly am leave. You can help the world change. I don't think that was how love was supposed to be. Day in and day out, not sure if you notice me. I don't let nobody close to me Cause you, you took my best poetry I don't think that was how love was supposed to be Day in and day out, not sure if you notice me Nowadays, I don't let nobody close to me Cause you, you 
Took my best poetry. Yeah. 16 bars for the girl chasing peacocks. On her grandmother's farm, cause she's not scared. Like one day she be caught, worn down by the lack of the love. Like she's there for me. Minds get everywhere. Think of all the pain you've experienced. And it wasn't your fault. No, it wasn't your fault. Even if they said it was, well, I promise it was not. There was some evil too big for you to stop. Even with a heart like yours, the rain's gonna fall sometimes. Hope you learn to dance in the storm. Hope your next love knows how to support you. Cause I tried. How would it done anything to give you the life that you said you wanted? Maybe I am not what you needed. Don't act surprised. I can admit that I'm wrong nowadays. I no longer feel obligated to stay. I no longer want to carry your pain. Most importantly, I could walk away. I could walk away.